how it lights my path, how it guides my way. So I'll be reading from Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 13. Jesus went back to Nazareth where he has been brought up, and as usual, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. When he stood up to read from the scriptures, he was given the book of Israel, the prophet. He opened and read, The Lord's Spirit has come upon me, because he has chosen me to tell the good news to the poor. The Lord has sent me to announce freedom for prisoners, give sight to the blind, to set free everyone who, who suffers, and to say, This is the year the Lord, ha the Lord has chosen. Jesus closed the book, then handed it back to the man in charge and sat down. Everyone in the synagogue looked straight at Jesus, and Jesus said to them, What you have just heard me read has come true today. All the people started talking about Jesus and were amazed at the wonderful thing he said. They kept on asking, Isn't he Joseph's son? Jesus answered, You will certainly want to tell me, want to tell me this saying, Doctor first, make yourself well. You will tell me to do the same things here, in my own hometown, as you have heard I did in Campanahum. But you can be sure no prophet are liked by the people of their own hometown. Once during the time of Elijah, there was no rain for three years and a half. The people everywhere were starving. There were widows in Israel, but Elijah was only sent to a widow in the town of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. During the time of prophet Elijah, many men of Israel had leprosy. No one was healed except Nahum, who lived in Syria. When the people in the synagogue heard Jesus say this, they became so angry that they got up and threw him out of town. They dragged him to the edge of the cliff on which, on which the town was built because they wanted, him they wanted to throw him down from there. But Jesus slipped through the crowd and got away. Amen. Thank you. That was excellently read. Good afternoon, everybody. So nice to see you all here. You know, when Debs gave me this passage for today, I accidentally, in my rush, you know, it was a, a lunchtime at school, break time, I quickly opened the Bible, and I went to Luke 14 instead of Luke 4. Um, <clears throat> and that was a good accident, actually. Because these passages really dovetail beautifully. So I'm going to start with Luke 14. Um, and in Luke 14, in the same, pretty much the same verses as the passage we've just read, chapter, uh, verses 15 to 30, um, Jesus talks about a man giving a big dinner party. And when he sends the servants out to remind the guests who've been invited to come to the dinner party, they are given varying replies. Now, I've got my three guests ready and waiting in the wings. Three guests. So, to the first guest, he said. First guest. Please consider me excused. 
Thank you, first guest. And another one said... Oh, you're excused. And the third one said... Let's, let's give our three uh, poor guests a, a round of applause. Excellent. And, you know, I was thinking, guess what? Things haven't changed at all in today's world. These things are still the things that people pride as the most important priorities in our lives, aren't they? It's power, it's properties, it's having a good job, it's having the great car or the oxen. All those kinds of things. Um, a beautiful partner, not least of all. But Jesus, who was, by the way, the wealthy man in the, st in the parable, he's speaking about himself, isn't he? He says, go out at once, he says to a servant, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here those who are poor, those with disabilities, those who are blind, and those who are limping. Notice those disabilities. And later the slave says, Master, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and the hedges, and press upon them to come in, so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my dinner. Does anyone see the connection to today's verse? The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, I feel having just come from South Africa, I spent, some of you know, I spent three months out there to help my parents and a lot of us perhaps don't really know the meaning of the word poverty or other things that afflict people in this world, the sicknesses, the disabilities that people suffer. Um, I've told some of you the story when I was helping my parents' house to be sold. I was moving all their stuff into, into black bins and out onto the verge where the, where the whole complex, by the way, leaves their rubbish to be collected. And every single week, there was a lady there who would go through every single bag to look for anything that could be valuable. Um, and the day that I moved all the junk, the clutter, you know, the bric-a-brac, the things like the, the VHS that we don't need anymore, even though my parents had dozens of VHS tapes, um, those sorts of bric-a-brac ornaments that you keep, um, these were all filling the bags. And this woman was overjoyed. She could have just about hugged me. She said, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jesus, she was saying. And at that moment, I suddenly realized this woman wasn't collecting things to take home to put on a, on a dining room table or in her kitchen. She was collecting things because she would be able to sell them. And perhaps that night, she would have enough food, money to buy food for her children or for herself. That, that is the meaning of poverty. 
Um, and there's a song by Paul Simon from Simon and Garfunkel called Born at the Right Time. And there's a verse in that song which, when I heard it, made me think, yes, that could be me. It's, it's a story of a, of a young child and privilege. Never been lonely, never been lied to, never had to scuffle in fear, nothing denied to. Born at the instant, the church bells chime, and the whole world whispering, born at the right time. Were it us in another time or place, that would not be us, would it? Never been lonely, never been lied to, never had to scuffle in fear. And I confess that I had a privileged upbringing. My parents weren't wealthy. They paid their bills on time. They saved their money. They did all the right things. That They tried their best. But growing up, I never had to worry about where my next meal was coming from. I never had to worry about where I was going to sleep that night. I never had to worry about my education. I never had to worry about whether my family loved me or care, would care for me in the future. I never had those worries. And yet, despite those privileges, which in the Western world we just take for granted, don't we? One wonderful day, a summer in 1979, I came to the realization that I was poor in spirit. <laughs> that I, I was lacking. Um, that I was hungry and thirsty and disabled. I wasn't perhaps physically dis disabled, but I was disabled in my heart. And I accepted that invitation from Jesus, the anointed one, to come to his dinner party and eat with him. And by the way, I was satisfied, and I still am being healed and satisfied over 40 years later. Now, I've got some slides to show us. And what I'd like us to do is we'll look at each slide. There are only six. Look at each slide for a few seconds. And I'd like you to decide at your table what event or what scenario in the Bible that slide is referring to. Let's see which table can you just call it out the minute you realize what it is. And then we'll move on to the next slide. Ready, steady, go. Discuss. Brilliant. Joseph and his brothers. Next one. Any second guesses on that? Cain and Abel. That's correct. Excellent. Next one. Saul and David. Exactly. Next one. Any guesses? Yes. You're on the right track. Did anyone else hear that? Michael, yes. His wife. Next one. Yes. What, what's happening there, Liz? Yes. I hope you, some of you can remember what happened just before that. And the, the final one, say again. Naaman. Naaman, being healed of leprosy. 
This is Jesus and the Pharisees. Yes. Now, I wonder, just thinking through all those pictures, those scenarios, what one or two words would describe some of the people in each of those um, stories? What one or two words would describe the wrong attitude of the people in those stories? Hands up. Anyone want to hazard a guess? Yarella. Resistance, turning away. Any others? Yes? Rebellion, absolutely. Jealousy, that's one of the key ones I was looking for. Jealousy, anyone else? Yep, those are definitely on the right track. Anyone think of pride? And you didn't want to say it. Pride. Thanks, Leslie, you can switch that off. Thank you. So as we can see, the Bible is littered with accounts of people who had an opportunity to be blessed by God. To, they had an opportunity to have some sort of healing or abundance in their lives. But because it was a younger sibling, or because it was somebody less educated than them, or perhaps like Naaman, didn't want to wash in the Jericho River, he wanted to go home and wash, wash in his fancy rivers, he thought it was beneath him. Some of us think it's beneath us. That we become prideful and jealous and so miss out on God's blessings. And this is exactly what happened to Jesus when he read the passage in his hometown. The people all said, isn't that Joseph's son? By the way, it wasn't Joseph's son. It was the son of God. But they all said, surely this is the guy that we grew up with. We played with him in the town square. We know his brothers and sisters. We know his mum and dad. This, we all know him. Who's, who does he think he is? They didn't want to accept that this was the Messiah, the anointed one. And so they missed out on Jesus' blessings and his ministry in their town. And as he was doing in our passage for today... Jesus is still proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. There were special regular years in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament calendar, in which debts were canceled, slaves were set free, and land that had been bought under pressure was returned. It was also the year or time in which land would lie fallow and anything that grew on it would be given to the poor. Slaves were set free. I mean, imagine a year like that in our culture. Debts are just cancelled. How amazing. And in this passage, Jesus is saying that today is the year of Jubilee. Today is the year of the Lord's favor. Because of his sacrifice on the cross, he has replaced those occasional years where there is that jubilee he offers today to cancel right here right now our debt of sin he he is here to cancel and heal our sicknesses our poverty but we have to come to the party let's not think because we've been brought up going to church that we are familiar enough with him let's not think that because we're really educated uh, and maybe this church stuff isn't academic enough for us that it's 
It's maybe a bit too emotional. Maybe it's a bit beneath us. Or it's too childish. Those Pharisees thought similar things about Jesus. And in the same way, we could be missing out on God's blessings. And if we've been to the party, let's stay at the party. Let's not wander away from the table because of those worries, those cars and those properties and those Love Island relationships. Jesus wants his house to be filled to overflowing. He wants every single need to be met. He wants every broken heart to be healed. He wants every hungry and thirsty soul to be filled and satisfied. And what is this party? It's what we're doing today, eating and drinking around tables. But it's also that meeting with a friend around coffee or breakfast where you share each other's lives and you pray for each other. It's that band practice that you go to faithfully every week. That's the party. So, tell the person sitting next to you, come to the party. Let's say it a bit louder. What are you going to tell your neighbor? What are you going to tell a stranger this week? Oh, that's brave. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, everyone. Now, I just wondered if we could turn to some prayer um, before we hear the notices. Let's respond to that word in our hearts. Um, and I'd like to challenge you, and if you feel you're able to, conf to confess to somebody at your table what reasons or difficulties you sometimes have that stop you from making that phone call to a needy friend or that stop you wanting to attend a church service or the reasons that stop you from asking for help or prayer or advice or from wanting to attend house group. So you know, we have a real enemy that is trying to undermine everything we do in God's kingdom. Let's turn to, to one another in prayer and let's, let's say what those things are. Let's name them, you know. They are real and they may not be feeble excuses, but let's try to identify the things that steal our joy or our time or our energy and prevent us from coming to Jesus' party. Amen. Let your living word abide in me so richly as I abide in you. Let your living